Do you have a DUI or misdemeanor conviction? If so, don't let your past hold you back. Hi, I'm attorney Dave Maldonado, and you may be eligible to have your record cleared today. Visit BigSkyDefender.com to see how. Big Sky Breakdown, Coulter Nuanas, SkylineSportsMT.com. We'll get right to it. This is uh, short on guests, long on content. It's our Grizz Hoops Redux, although we do talk quite a bit about the Big Sky Conference as well. Riley Corcoran, the voice of the Grizz, will join us on either end. And in the middle, we'll finish our countdown with John Velk of Velk Law. Riley Corcoran and I talk all about uh, Montana basketball, the state of the Big Sky, what uh, the biggest storylines in the league are, and what the biggest storylines and points of improvement are for Montana men's basketball going into the offseason. John Velk, Velk Law, our exclusive Grizz basketball sponsor. He also swung by to finish his awesome countdown. We did our top 12 Grizz of all time. In fact, Velk's top 12 Grizz of all time. He's been sitting courtside for the last four decades plus, so he's got a lot of insight into who has been some of the best of the best, and he has his top player on his countdown. I know it's not that climactic because there's pretty much only one answer, even if there was multiple of them. The fact that Larry Kostobiak hasn't been on the countdown yet, you knew he was coming, but either way, a fun conversation to wrap up the countdown uh, with Belk, uh, just about Larry K. And then uh, we bookend it with an excerpt from Nuana's Now, our daily ESPN radio show. Riley Corker also joined me for that, and we had a fun conversation just kind of about the state of college basketball, particularly the transfer portal and the NCAA tournament. So I'm just going to share a couple thoughts from that, and you can find that full segment uh, on Nuana's Now, either live uh, on 1029 ESPN radio or on the Nuana's Now podcast as well. Crazy to think the basketball season is over, but it is. And uh, that then ends what is our incredibly busy season. So we will have fun Big Sky breakdowns, but it won't be nearly as stringent of a schedule. We'll have Big Sky breakdown stuff and YouTube content and, of course, news and features and all of it at SkylineSportsMT.com from you know April through August. Uh, it's just not going to be the, the normal you know, 10, 12, 15, 20 pieces of content you're used to every single week. But thanks to everybody for tuning in and uh, subscribing and uh, being on our newsletter and listening and reading and viewing and all that sort of stuff. We couldn't do it without all you guys. We also couldn't do it without all of our great sponsors as well. Thanks to Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Town Pump, uh, they kept us gassed up all football and into early basketball season as well. And uh, Town Pump, one of the great businesses in all of Montana. Montana founded and uh, now they're just everywhere, and uh, they, they do great services, especially in rural communities. Blackfoot Communications, uh, the spearhead of our newsletter. Visit goblackfoot.com to see what Blackfoot Communications can do for you. J&V Restaurant Supply, ha- fun having them on board as well. Uh, fun working with Ian, uh, one of the proprietors there at J&V. He has uh, now become the voice of the Bobcats on the ESPN Plus stream, and uh, he's joined me on my daily radio show quite often as well. And uh, fun having those guys involved, especially to help buoy some of our Montana State content. Uh, thanks to Dave Maldonado, Maldonado Law, BigSkyDefender.com. Dave is one of the most experienced and successful trial lawyers in the state. He's worked as a litigator in criminal defense for more than a decade, and now he's also spread his wings to be in the world of personal injury. So if you've been in a car accident, you don't want to deal with the insurance companies, visit BigSkyDefender.com. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, up first here on the Big Sky Breakdown. 
SkylineSportsMT.com. A DUI is a serious charge, and the process can be overwhelming, but it doesn't have to be. I'm attorney Dave Maldonado, and I have the experience and knowledge necessary to effectively represent you and make the situation manageable. Visit BigSkyDefender.com today. Big Sky Breakdown rolls on. SkylineSportsMT.com. Coulter Nuana is coming to you now from the den of Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz. He hosts the uh, Inside the Den podcast. Now we're laying down some tracks here at his uh, humble abode. So uh, thanks for letting me swing by. Oh, man. Th- this is great. This is my office. So well, I mean, anytime. Riley's basically got a recording studio right here in the <laughs> middle of his kitchen. We got uh, the golf channel on. Uh, you know, it's pretty good when the slow season hits. Uh, it, it's hard to be. We got this thing on lockdown, Cole. Uh, we've already been rapping about the state of college basketball uh, as we recorded something for Nuanas now, which you can catch every day, 4 to 6, on 1029 ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MT app. But wanted to have a little redux on the Big Sky Conference basketball season and specifically the Montana Grizzlies basketball season. Uh, Riley, before we get into some of our deeper dives, how would you just sum this Grizz basketball season up? It was an interesting year, 17-14, and 14, uh, the overall record. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll save my opinions for after you give your take, but what, what, how would you sum it up? You know, up and down would be the, the easy way out to say I, I will – Go out on a limb and just go in one word, unsatisfied. I think unsatisfied would be the right word because we saw multiple times this year, I think this team had two separate roller coaster rides from November to what they were to how good they were in December. And then in January, it hit rock bottom again, and we saw how good they could be in February. And because of how, we saw how good they could be, Potential started to creep in. We had conversations sure. about it, everyone around the league. No one wants to play Montana going into the tournament. And because of that, and then the draw opens up for them. And we've yeah, got yeah. that carrot dangling of Montana, Montana State at the end. Everybody from Montana wanted a third shot. Whether that was right, wrong, or indifferent, I'm not saying the Grizz would have beaten the Cats. But a third shot at your rival with how that game no, went sure. in Bozeman. All of that being said, that's why I think – A third un- shot at either of your rivals, right? I mean, exactly. Eastern Washington would have also been a worthy third shot. Exactly. Unsatisfied would be the word because yeah. you saw the potential from this team, yet – they had to beat an 11-win squad in the semifinals to set it up, and they couldn't quite do it. I thought it was kind of fitting that they ended in the semifinals. We saw glimpses, but 17 and 14, I think a lot of us, Coulter, you know, that that follow Grizzly basketball, maybe expect a little bit more. So um, it was really fun in the month of February and in December because that's when this team kind of came together. And uh, I, I do think for the most part ended on a high note, winning eight of their final ten. But you know, still left a little bit out there. I think everyone wants to get back to the winner's circle for Grizzly Hoops. I think if you look at it from when they turned the corner after their disastrous loss at Sacramento State to then uh, what they became, uh, sort of peaking with a win at Weber State, and then, uh, you know, sort of then the second postseason peak when they beat Idaho State, uh, they they certainly righted the ship, and that's the first time a Grizz team with Travis DeCure at the helm has proven they could right the ship. They've had – Teams that were good and in some cases great from stem to stern. I mean, I'd say they've had three really great teams under Coach DeCure. They've had two also very good teams. And then they've had a couple teams where when it starts to go down, they had a hard time getting it back up and it, it you know, it kind of sinks the ship. So if you just look at their ability to not let the ship all the way sink, then uh, certainly they proved that they could right the ship for the first time in nine years under Coach DeCure. That's, that's part of it. But then if you look at it broadly and you have a roster that features a guy that's going to play basketball for a really long time in Josh Bannon, uh, one of the best pro guy, pro prospects in the league, you got uh, a high-shooting, high-scoring veteran player who's got a handful of years in the Big Sky Conference already in Anand Moody, 
you got another third-year starter in Brandon Whitney, and then you got, you know, Power Five, or I guess not a Power Five, but a Mountain West drop down into Sean Thomas. As your fourth guy. You know, you'd, you'd think that that team would be certainly a 20-win team and certainly a, a team that was an absolute, uh, you know, breeze to get a top three seed, not just fighting it out for the, the four seed down the stretch. Well, and I think, too, I mean, right, the final couple weeks of the season were a little bit bizarre. It, it was – Nice that the Grizz went on a run, and it was fun to for go sure. on a run, but at the same time, what was really what were they going for? Well, right. trying to get the three seed. Oh, an outside shot. At the t- they never sure. really had a chance at the top two, yep. so it was more of we're playing just within ourselves to try and get better. Now, Montana basketball, you know this as well as anybody. The month of February, March, yep. they're chasing something, or they're the team that nobody wants to right. play type deal. That did not come into play this they year. They were chasing one thing. They were chasing the worst start in 25 years in Ooh. conference play, and right. so they do deserve credit for that because when it was sitting there at three and six – I'm sitting here looking at you after I can't remember what home game it was they lost, but you and I were sort of debriefing after you got off your uh, your call on the Grizzly Radio Network, and all of a sudden uh, I'm sitting here asking you statistical questions like, what's the Grizz record over the last three years? What's their big sky record? And we're sitting here thinking, well, this team's straight stuck in the middle. They're stuck at 500. But so then for them to, to go overcome three and six and, and actually surge, they do deserve credit. But it is, it's a good point, though, man. It's – it's weird when the Grizz aren't playing for anything, and when that's occurred three years in a row, uh, that's just a rare situation in the history of Montana basketball. These are sobering numbers, but they are the factual numbers. So we're going to put those out there for everybody. In the last three seasons for Grizzly basketball, if you take out the non-Division one wins, so that's a yep. big nomer here, yep. right? Take that out. Their record is 41-41. and 41. There you go. And their Big Sky record is 28-25. and 25. Yep. So that that's the last three years now in a chunk, and it's probably unfair to compare to the previous three years. But again, yep. that's reality. The two tournament teams, and and then the the squad that had their season ended early because of COVID. I mean, with Saeed Pridget that year, I still feel that they would have probably been the team cutting down the nets at the end, or at least playing. For sure. And so, what would have that done for their program? I think about that all the time. You can never, you can never answer that question. But if they would have been Big Sky champions for the third year in a row and go to the NCAA's three years in a row. I don't know. There's so many different things it could have done for the program. It could have given them continued upward trajectory, but it also could have made it so they had a coaching change because Travis Secure might have just been straight on the way out the door. So I, I don't know where it would have I don't know if he would have had a choice at that point. Well, no, I mean, totally, they would have right? so many people coming. For sure. Way. Right. So, yes. Especially in a one-bid league, man. I, oh. it, it's next to impossible to get three in a row. Yes. I mean, has, has there been a, t- a team that's won three – Big side tournaments in a row since they started the men's basketball Weber tournament? Weber State, because I remember this from way back. Weber State in the early 80s. They had in that run 80s, from eight, right. 1980 to 82 that was sure, just insane. Sure, sure. That was it. There's only been yeah, one. That's 40 three. years ago, though, right? Right. And, right. And, and this day and age of college basketball. So, yes, it is hard. I mean, COVID disrupted so many things. But but this Grizzly basketball program, that was the point. I mean, sure. you look at it to what they did the previous three compared to the, the next three. And I think that, that maybe from what we talked about on your show as well, just the state of college basketball, the state of the Big Sky Conference, how teams are utilizing the transfer portal and trying to move forward. I think it would be a safe assumption to say that other schools in the Big Sky Conference have mastered the transfer portal or have done a good job with that to try and compete, and that has raised their level. Take Montana out of it. It has it is risen some levels of other Big Sky schools up to Montana's level, and that's why you've seen it. Well, sometimes we don't uh... – give a fair analysis to Montana because they're, we're always analyzing them based on the here and now and the past as well. And we even do this with this, this iteration of the Grizz. Like, I just, I, I, on one hand, I just said how I think they have a lot of talent based on what the Big Sky Conference is right now. Yet, 
they don't have any talent compared to what they did have when they went to the NCAA tournament or were playing for the Big Sky Championship. It's not only just Ahmad Rory and Michael Ogine that's not roaming around. There's no Martin Broinings or, you know, uh, even Walter Wrights, really, that are uh, rolling around. Although I do think that there's a couple guys on this squad that are comparable, regardless. There's a lot of things that make Montana great, from the mountains and lakes to some of the finest towns in the West. But what really makes this place special is you. Our communities are full of people who are working hard to build good lives and remarkable things. At Opportunity Bank, our passion is helping folks do just that. Together, we can make a good thing even better. Opportunity Bank of Montana. Stop by and see us or visit us online. Member FDIC. You look, I mean, like when you compare and contrast, you're analyzing these Eastern teams and they only ever compare them to like two other NCAA tournament squads. Right, the Harvey, this is, the Harvey team. This right. is the best iteration of the Cats, at least in a generation, if not ever, right? And so that's, you know, you're never now analyzing them based on the past. You're only analyzing them in the here and now, so maybe that is a little bit unfair uh, for the Grizz. Let's talk three big things about the Grizz season. What are your three big takeaways? I mean, we kind of just brushed on some of the, the broad strokes. My number one takeaway is the emergence of the star, the, the most yeah. exciting player that we've seen here in a very, very long time, For and sure. that's on in Moody. And yep. I think a lot of maybe what we've said has been maybe negative to start, at least for me now, the positive side of it. Oh, for sure. This team totally adjusted to their skill set and who was hot in, in February. And I give them so much credit for doing that because it started going through on and Moody a little bit more. And, and Josh Bannon played a different role, and he accepted that role. And in my opinion, he thrived in that role, to yeah. the guy that had over 100 assists. I mean, he's putting up numbers that in Grizzly history we're never going to see. Jordan Haskett's the only other guy with the 1,100 points, I believe 700 rebounds, 200 assists. Josh Bannon's in that category now. So my biggest takeaway is how they were able to evolve mm -hmm. and, and have that February resurgence because Coulter was the exact opposite of last year. They lost eight of their final 11 yep. last year, whimpered into the offseason yep. to the fact of winning eight out of ten. I, I think that, that takeaway number two is that your pieces are there. I mean, yep. in the sense of who's and, and, coming and, back. And, and the, with everything that's going on in the league, there's all sorts of scuttle about every single player in the league potentially leaving. Like, the Cats could yeah. have it all fall apart if Danny Springer goes somewhere – two or three of those guys might be out the door. You know, Dylan Jones says he's staying at Weber. We don't know if he's staying at Weber. The, the thing is, though, like, by and large, Lionel Martin has entered the, the portal. But it seems like those core guys we just mentioned, Bannon, Moody, Whitney, Thomas, those guys are going to be the core guys for better or worse next year as well. And that, to me, is that big takeaway. The piece through there now, yeah. which leads me to number three. Can you master the transfer portal? Can, yeah. can you put pieces in place yeah. around what's already there? I think the, the Grizzlies this year, and, and for the better part of the last three years, have struggled with who their identity is because they maybe also have been chasing the past of teams that were good or w what worked yeah. back in the past. Okay, you have to have a new identity each yeah. year in this day and age of college basketball. You've kind of got your pieces in place. I didn't really know this year. Who, who knew that Anand Moody was going to come out and be that kind of guy? Who knew Deshaun Thomas's role maybe from a month-to-month -month basis, right? Brandon Whitney's role. He, Brandon Whitney's roller coaster season yep. kind of coincided with the Grizzlies' wins and losses. I, I felt that was ironic as well. So the biggest one for me, because we're moving forward now, takeaway number three moving forward, how do you trust your identity, find an identity, trust an identity, yep. and get people in there that help complement your talent? Well, I, I think that there's – so here's the other thing. Let's say all four of those guys return. And let's say you do want to fill some of the empty spots in your rotation with guys out of the portal. 
I think you need to be so open-minded and also so specific. You don't need to bring in like an Andre Spite type guy to score 25 points per game. You'd actually rather have a guy like Laulu Oke, who can be like your sixth or seventh guy, right? Like, Oke, I don't know how he didn't play earlier in the year. I know part of it was because they wanted to keep Mac Anderson in the role, and then Mac Anderson sort of fell out because he got hurt and he wasn't really able to play. But, like, Oke is perfect. He's not, like, some absolutely slam-dunk, game-changing, All-American-type player. He is, though, such an effective player for what you need out of him, which is, like, 14 minutes, five rebounds, protect the rim, all that. So, if I'm the Grizz, I'm looking for defensive-oriented, rim-running bigs in the transfer portal that don't need shots at all. Honorable mention for me would be Lalu Oak and, and right. just how he was able to emerge at the end. He kind of, to me, for someone that had a front-row seat of it, he just did not look confident in November and For December. Sure. And there was there was two products to that. Number one, Division two to Division one. Yep. That's a big-time move. The Grizz actually played a tougher non-conference schedule than I thought was going to happen with Duquesne and Southern Miss teams that sure. turned out to be really good. So there's no, no confidence there. Number two, the minutes, right? He was sharing those minutes with Mac. Essentially, Mac Anderson and Lalu Oki were playing the same position, yep. and they needed to combine for 15 minutes. Yep. Well, once Mac got hurt and Oki's role increased, you started to see it. What he showed down in Boise with emotion, with when he knew he was playing a big role, the game against NAU, guarding yep. Carson Tout, yep. or getting in there against Idaho State and banging with Braden Parker a little bit, that's huge. And what's his mindset first? He doesn't want to score. He wants yeah. to rebound and play defense. Yep. That's a great piece. You need to have a guy like that. And if he can only continue to improve, I mean, right there, off the top, if you have those four starters back and put Laluoki in there as your number five, all of a sudden you can start putting in more pieces in place to that. I I do think there's a lot of optimism for Montana, but they got to find an identity and trust it and go forward with it. And if they are filling in the spots on their roster, they got to be – they don't need stars. They need role players. That's what they need. And that's harder to find in the transfer portal because every guy is transferring for a reason. And most of the time that reason has first and foremost to do with them. And so it is interesting. But, I mean, like you look at what put Eastern Washington over the top, it wasn't – some first-team all-conference transfer that put them on the top. Although Angelo Allegri, one of their two first-team all-conference guys, was a first or was a transfer once upon a time. It's the like D two and D three transfers that they got to be their sixth and seventh guys. That, that that's what puts you over the top. Cedric Coward, Dane Eric Strupp, yeah. those yeah. those are the guys. Yeah. Dion Stroud. I mean, they were yeah. able to to come in play with Dion Stroud. To come, this is a little bit of a misnomer, but I mean, from Fresno State down to Eastern, but to accept his role, he was all bought in. You could tell when you watched Eastern Washington. They had eight guys that were into their role. That's yep. why they won. Blackfoot Communications continues to lift up our local entrepreneurs, delivering the resources needed to transform ideas into businesses. Our C2M beta program was founded with the mission to connect local entrepreneurs to more. With access to more professional expertise, more state-of-the-art technology, and more development resources, our 12-week program delivers the foundational and modern skills required to transform influential ideas into thriving businesses. Apply today at goblackfoot.com slash apply. Big Sky Breakdown, SkylightSportsMT.com. The Big Sky Conference offseason, we're going to play uh, a little bit of Riley and I's conversation from the radio earlier on as well. But what do you think is the number one story in the Big Sky this offseason? To me, uh, it's very simple to identify, and it lands in Bozeman, Montana, and it's what is the future of Montana State basketball, specifically what's the future of Danny Sprinkle. I'm not, I don't have any inside information here, but he's in into the world now where the Jeff Goodmans and, and the Bruce Feldmans of the world are 
putting you on the list no matter what list it is, and then all of a sudden you're just getting the pot stirred every five seconds. And so, you know, Sprinkle's name is going to be in the mix for quite a few of these openings. Does he bite? Does he take it? What's the real uh, interest in the schools in him? I don't know, but there's a lot to be determined because he's the first domino of very many dominoes, or there could be no dominoes, and they could just be trying to run it back for the third year in a row. Isn't it very reminiscent of Travis DeCure after the back-to-back runs and as Eastern well? And Eastern Washington. Right. After the the, yes. the COVID year when Shante Leggins leaves, and then half the team goes to Portland, the other half the team goes to the Big 12, and Eastern's starting from scratch. And it's interesting because, obviously, Coach DeCure took a different route than Coach Leggins, and it'll be interesting where Danny Sprinkle goes because yeah. we've heard it from New Mexico State to Fresno State. Ah, to me, the big one's Fresno State. If that right. one opens up, it checks every single box for Danny Sprinkle, for sure. I think. In that Top 100 budget, playing in the Mountain West, getting TV money. You know, you're, t- you're in a uh, huge city. Uh, there's a lot there, for sure. The other thing that people argue, they say, well, why would you ever leave a team that just won 25 games that went to the NCAA tournament two years in a row? Being in a one-bid league is so hard because you can't just – you can't afford to ever have like 18 and 13 seasons. If you want to keep it rolling, you got to be winning 25 games every year. And it's just impossible to do that more than a couple years in a row at this level with these resources. And if you win 25 games in a row every year, but you stumble in the Big Sky Tournament, That's right. it kind of all goes for nothing. Right. And that is really, really stressful and hard. Same thing. Why did the Fairleigh Dickinson coach leave for Iona? Yeah. Well, because Fairleigh Dickinson, that's a one-bid league. Yep. The, the Iona's in a different category. I, I digress a little bit. But, yes, to me, the storylines – I don't know about Coach Sprinkle to New Mexico State, by the way. No. I, I, come no. on, come on. That's, totally. I don't, that's not going to happen. But regardless, it, Bozeman, Danny Sprinkle, number one, yep. and the trickle-down effect that comes with Montana State. Because yep. if they can keep that thing rolling again, they absolutely deserve to be in that conversation to be a three-time champion. Number two with Dylan Jones. Yep. Now, if Dylan Jones does stay – and has complete buy-in across the board. He's told the Ogden newspaper he's staying, but there's a lot of time between now and the first day of the year, I'll tell you that. And a lot of offers that yeah, yeah, there's, there's going to be a lot way. of temptation, uh, for there sure. There you go. That temptation's the yeah, better yeah, word yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going to be lured quite a few times in the upcoming months. But if he stays, yeah. they can return all five starters, Yep. and they can go in the transfer portal and say, here's the deal. Dylan Jones is here. Can you play with Dylan Jones? They can get the perfect puzzle piece because yeah. they probably want to take him off ball a little bit more, right? Maybe. If they can get a point guard in there that yeah. can do that, that to me storyline two. And storyline three is right here in Missoula. Yep. Can the Grizzlies get back in the yep. winner's circle? Because as of right now, to me, the top three have been defined. Yep. And none of those three are here in Missoula. Eastern yep. Washington, with what they, the mix they have coming, it's not like they're going to lose everybody. Now, they'll lose Allegri, but Vendors is back. They've got great pieces. Sure. They've Casey proved, Jones Casey, is back. He is a stud, by He's the way. He's a stud. Ethan Price is back. Ethan Price. They, they have, I mean, uh, pretty much everybody's back besides Allegri, right? right. And, I mean, El, Ellis Magnuson, he's, what, on year eight, maybe year nine? <laughs> he might be the one gone. I, yeah, I think maybe. he's gone. but it, it, Maybe not. He might just never leave. Right. I mean, to, to, <laughs> that's great. So the top, the top four teams in the league consensus, right? Right? I would say Eastern Weber, Montana State. Montana's kind of lurking right there. And then I feel, whether this is right, wrong, or indifferent, teams 5 through 10 in this league, Coulter, with the day and age of this transfer portal that we can segue into, yeah. it's, it's a new team every year. So whatever right. Portland State was last year, they're yeah. not going to be the same. Yeah. Northern Arizona is clearly going to be different. Northern Colorado is going to be massively different. Idaho State changes every year. Sacramento State with David Patrick For is sure. going to change. They might new be, head coach at Idaho, so they might be all new. They who might knows? be. And who knows? They're a sleeping giant. Does Isaac Jones come back? That's actually huge. Isaac Jones might be behind Dylan Jones, the number one player you look at and go, 
is if he stays at Idaho and buys into what they can do moving forward, watch out. So there's a lot of intrigue. But also, if I'm sitting there, teams 5 through 10, you feel more optimism, I think, than you did in the past because you know if you hit it big, you strike gold with a couple transfers and it does all kind of mesh together, you have a chance to compete right away. Join Town Pump's Pump It Up Rewards Plus program and never pay full price for fuel again. Save five cents on every gallon every day at any town pump across Montana. Plus, earn and redeem points on your favorite in-store items to get free stuff with our clubs. Stop in and pick up a rewards card. Download the Pump It Up Rewards Plus app today. Or visit townpump.com slash rewards to register and start saving. Town down the road. It up. Oh, yeah. So circle back around to the Grizz. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, joining us here on the Big Sky Breakdown. The Grizz do have a, a, a strong and familiar core coming back, but so does Eastern Washington. So does Montana State if all, everything goes according to plan, and so does Weber State if everything goes according to plan. So basically the league has a chance to run it back with the top four. So then what is the thing that could put the Grizz over the top? I think that you need a wing that can create his own shot. I think that yep. that's been missing for a yep. while for the Grizzlies. Steven Verplanken. Oh, bingo. Right, right? there. Yes. yes. And Xavier Fuller. Xavier Fuller. You need a piece right, right there. And I, I mean, Steel Ventures was the league MVP. But I, the fact that like most of the teams in the league have a guy like that, that's what you're right. That's what the Grizz need. I think also a true passing point guard first yeah. would help. And I'm not saying that needs to come in and be the starting point guard right away. Someone that can be a piece off of the bench. Now – Putting names out there is tough because sure. I, I do not want to absolutely yeah, yeah. compare or get in, down the weeds with any of it. But I think we all can agree that Cam Parker is a much different player than Brandon Whitney. Yeah, yeah. Right? Cam Parker had the mindset of, of passing first sure. sometime. Brandon Whitney's phenomenal defensively, phenomenal getting to the rim. Right. But the mindset of having someone come in there, and I'm talking maybe a piece of a sixth man that can come in to spell Brandon Whitney or to get him off ball See, I a think little they bit. should play him as the sixth man. Because I think, see, Brandon Whitney's been pigeonholed as a point guard offensively because he's six feet tall. Brandon Whitney can guard one through three. He can guard any position on the perimeter, even though he is only six feet tall. And when he's in the game, he's an isolation point guard. He's like Kyrie Irving. He's gotten he's not like Kyrie Irving in the in the way that they score, but he's like Kyrie Irving where he's got pigeonholed as a point guard because of his size, even though he's actually a combo guard. So I think you bring him off the bench because then you can say, hey man, you're running the second unit. Boom, when you're in, go to town, score. Get us 12 to 14 points per game off the bench. And we'll see it, too, with Coach DeKir. Six seventh men that have a role like that, they'll For play sure. starter minutes. He'll so, play 25 minutes absolutely. if you can't brought him off and the bench. And he's still one of the elite. If there was an all-defensive team in the big sky where you picked your top five, yeah. he'd be three-time. He's there, yeah. Yeah, he's oh, in yeah. the top five in the league top defensively. Five, six, there. every year, for sure. So much to be said there, but I think he needs a little help. And, and yeah. that's ironic, Coulter, because a couple years ago, the Grizz had too many point guards from Whitney, Beasley, Parker, down, you had three guys trying yep. to share the load there. Then it went down to one of somebody that maybe that's not his biggest strength. Right. And I thought that was part of the identity you crisis. Do know who the Grizz's past first point guard is? Josh Bannon. Josh Bannon. Yeah, he is. That's the best, line, is. the best lineup for the Grizz is to get two attacking defensive-minded wings and then roll with Deshaun Thomas as kind of your stretch five, Anand Moody as your off-ball guard, Bannon as your like on-ball power like point forward, then you got your two guys there, and then you got coming off the bench. You got Brandon Whitney and Jackson Knapp. Wow, I you just got me excited for November. Can I we mean, fast forward it's real good, quick? Right? And that's a great. That, that's a core. that's the other part that we have completely forgotten about in this transfer portal era. Sometimes we're asking where do you fill in the spots. It used to be that sometimes you'd fill in the spot by locking Jackson Knapp in the gym, 
or, or ja- Jackson Knapp locking himself in the gym. You know, right. like the guy who was a freshman taking a huge jump, and then all of a sudden he's, you know, I mean, th- Wayne Tinkle was the like the most memorable version of this, right? He was a nothing player, really, just a big body that had really no uh, upside besides his uh, his sizable frame, and then he got his ass kicked by Larry Kostowiak <laughs> for a whole year, right. and then all of a sudden, boom, it's his show, and then boom, he's a three-time All-Big Sky guy. He scores 1,500 points, one of the great grids ever. So, you know. Or Kevin Criswell, when he redshirted, and then boom, he comes back. He's the freshman of the year in the league. So sometimes we think, oh, how do you fill in this spot? Well, we need to go get this 6'5 transfer from VCU. Instead, it maybe it's just the – I mean, the Grizzlies have to get one less wing that can dribble, drive, and shoot if Jackson Knapp just becomes the 6'7 wing that can dribble, drive, and shoot. One word that has totally went by the wayside in this conference, in this day and age of college basketball – is development. Yeah, for sure. Development. And if the Grizz can develop guys who they have on their roster to help fit roles or become multiversed in their roles where they can do multiple things, that's what's going to get them over the top again. It's just a matter of getting the right piece in place. I love what Jackson Knapp can do, and yep. I think that, that he is someone that could take a massive leap behind the scenes before they show us uh, themselves in the Maroon Silver scrimmage in October. I just think that the, this all starts with, even though we've already identified that Ana Moody is this incredible spark plug star, great story, he's a man of the people, he loves playing in the crowd, the most important player on the Grizz is the same guy that's been the most important player on the Grizz for the last three years, and it's Josh Bannon. Because he is has the most sizable upside, and he also is so diverse in how he can help your team, and they are at their best because that's what makes Moody the best. It's what makes Thomas the best. It's what makes Whitney the best. Josh Bannon playing on the ball in the half court. I think they need to put a high priority. They used it sometimes in spurts, sometimes for long stretches, but they just need to do it. That's just what they need their identity to be. Commit to an identity. Find an identity. Commit to one. They found one in February. Now think about it. It was all for full display, and that's probably one of the tougher feelings to ever have as a coach. They're trying to make adjustments mid-season to what fits them best. Now you saw how bad it could look. You saw how good it could look. Totally. But now you have a whole offseason to understand what you have. And and let's go by layers here because I feel that we've talked about the four to six important pieces for this team, right? The the four mainstays with Whitney Bannon, Moody, and Thomas. Then you've got Oki Knapp. You've got good pieces. Does Josh Vasquez come back? That could be another piece as well. But when you really break it down, Bannon and Moody, those are your your all-conference guys. How do you best suit them? How do, you, how do you get the shots that they want? How Now, I think this could be huge because on and Moody, for better or for worse, his rise, and let's just break it down to the two games in the Big Sky Conference Tournament, what yep. he did against Idaho State, totally adjusted points. the game plan for what NAU did yep. against him. Never got a chance to get a, a look. Well, now that you have all offseason to get ready for that, how many more other options can you put into place? Yeah. I, I just think that the, the possibilities are in, endless. They just commit to an identity and where Josh Bannon can work in the offseason more. On and Moody, getting more shots. I mean, that guy's, how many shots is he taking? He's 26 years old right, at this totally. point. But at the same time, you can better shoot it. You just got to commit and fill pieces around it. And we'll see. They do have uh, the first guy that reminds me of a true, like, Travis DeKeer headlining recruit coming in and Money Williams as well. There's been some good guys. I mean, Robert Beasley was a three-star guy who had offered from Nevada. You know, there's, you know, Bannon was a pretty highly recruited guy in Australia. But in terms of guys that are like, you know, there's there's been a, a handful of guys that fully moved the needle on a regional level when Montana got them. Michael Ogine was one of those guys. Said Pridget was certainly one of those guys. I mean, Pridget was getting recruited by Oregon State and Creighton, and he chose Montana. But Money Williams is the latest. He, he's, he's playing for the California State champs. Uh, he's a highly explosive, highly aggressive guy. 
I mean, everybody looks great on their high school highlight tape. If you don't, then you shouldn't have one, right? right. But but uh, that's the last piece. Like, you know, we could have a whole deep dive into the whys and the ebbs and flows of Grizz recruiting, but it's been a little bit since they had a truly needle-moving headliner guy, and now they got one in Money Williams. And I think he's someone, too, can he come in and contribute right away? And, yeah. and that could be a piece right now because he's competing at the highest level. In California. Yeah. I mean, and he's excelling. I mean, big-time games, big-time player. He checks all the boxes right now. And for Montana to land someone like him, I think there's a lot of fans that, are, that have watched Grizz basketball that are listening to us right now that are craving somebody that they can wrap their arms around and watch them yep. grow with the and sure. get on their back. Imagine if Vaughn Moody was 19 and not oh, 26. Oh, my gosh. Like, if he was a sophomore coming back for his junior year. He, he would have a he would probably beat out Mike Nugent for me. He <laughs> for would sure. beat out Mike Nugent Jacob for me. Jacob Hess, Mike Nugent, watch out. Vaughn Moody it, be the man. It's for sure. over. So, yeah, I'm with you. And I think this fan base, and, and we're not going down this rabbit hole right now, but same thing with football on a quarterback. Grizz, yeah. Grizz fans want to wrap their arms around someone and say, this guy's ours. And we're yeah. going to watch yeah. him go from the beginning all the way to the end, and we're going to get behind them. It gives more rooting interest, connection, all of those things. Money Williams has a chance to do that right away. And uh, let's just say I'm, I'm a little excited. And plus, how much fun is that going to be for me to call? I mean, oh, money, yeah, sure. making shots. I just sure. got to be creative without being corny. <laughs> That's going to be my goal in the offseason. Uh, there you go. Uh, continued career development by the voice <laughs> of the Grizz. Next time you hear him on the Big Sky Breakdown, we'll be doing a little spring game preview. And uh, the next time – you hear him on Nuanas now. It'll probably be similar. We'll talk some football next time Riley rolls around. But uh, thanks for joining us for our basketball. As always, man, it was a blast. Coming up next, John Velk, his latest and last edition of his Top 12 Countdown, the Grizz, best Grizz he's ever seen, Velk Law, proud sponsor of the Big Sky Breakdown and exclusive sponsor of Grizz Hoops all season long. That's next. Well, we changed the venue. We're living in the lap of luxury now. We're down here at the Doubletree Hotel right outside of Finn. Just wrapped up the last Grizzly Coaches Show of the year. And uh, we are to the top spot on our countdown with John Velk, Velk Law. Appreciate Velk and his law firm for presenting uh, our Grizz basketball coverage all season long. Velk has been sitting courtside at Grizz basketball games for more than four decades. So we've been counting down his top 12 basketball players he's seen, four-year guys uh, for the Grizz. It's going to be sort of an anticlimactic number one just because I think everybody knows who number one is because there's only one answer. It's Larry Gerstowiak. Yeah. That's right, and I, I'm surprised that you knew that, but way to, way to gild the lily on that one. Well, it's it's funny because Kristoviak is the obvious, undisputed number one answer, even though I wasn't even born when Kristoviak was playing in college. Still, I, I think that he is the the goat of Big Sky Conference hoops, right? I mean, I think that I don't really know if there's an argument for anybody else. Maybe Damian Lillard, yeah. but, but and they both share the same distinction, right? Never went to the NCAA tournament, which is crazy that the two best players of Big Sky history lost in the championship game three times each, but Kristoviak was a three-time MVP. There's no one ever won three MVPs. He's the only guy in league history with 2,000 points and 1,000 rebounds in his career, and he's definitely the all-time greatest Grizzly. Yeah, no, he's, he's phenomenal, and we happen to be the same age, too, you know, and he grew up on the High Line up there in Shelby right. and just a little ways up the road from my place in Haver. So we knew him, and he used to play against uh, my class and stuff And when he was in high school and we went to Big Sky because Haver used to be AA back then. And it's funny because to watch how he grew, not just in confidence, but physically from the time that he was maybe a junior in high school 
until the time he graduated. And, and the thing about Crisco is you'd go over there and watch, and you're sitting. I I'd, used to sit right under the basket, and you'd watch him play, and you'd get done with a game half the time. You'd be like, huh, Larry didn't have that great of a game. You know, it's, I remember making a couple putbacks and whatever. It's like, uh, no, he had 22, 22 <laughs> points. He had 13 rebounds. And you're like, oh, yeah, no, I guess he did make more. It was almost always super quiet, super quiet score. He's definitely one of the best players to graduate from Missoula High School as well. You mentioned he grew up on the Highland and transferred to Missoula Big Sky. Uh, I still have Larry Kristoviak's number 42 jersey from Big Sky High School because my freshman year we had to wear the old school jerseys, and I was like, oh, I want 42. And then at the end of the year they retired those jerseys and let us keep them. So I got a little piece of Christo memorabilia, which is still uh, pretty cool, and uh, I still uh, cherish that piece of memorabilia for sure. Do you wear that as like a night shirt? Because I, I, I envision it being a little long on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think I can even fit it over my right wrist at this point in time. Uh, that, that was about 80 pounds ago, so here we are. But regardless, um, it is kind of crazy, though, because that was sort of the, the – there's been so much success in Grizz basketball history. And you look at Judd Heathcote and Jim Brandenburg, and then they pass it off to Mike Montgomery. And Mike Montgomery was arguably the best – except for the tournament. It's not that there was anything wrong with what they did in the tournament. They just fell short in the tournament, I think, what, four, maybe five times? My entire my entire grade or my entire undergrad here, it was just one big disappointment after another. We'd get so excited. We'd be thumping people all year. We hardly ever lost at home. I mean, we had great game. We played great out-of-conference schedule, and people came here back then. Gonzaga came here, things like that. And then every time we'd either get in the semis or the finals – and it'd get close, and we'd tighten up, and we'd lose by one or two or three. And it was just, uh never in the NCAA. I know they did go to the NIT one year, and then they uh, they all came over to my buddy's place in Palm Springs, and we lived it up there and played a little ball. But <laughs> but uh, but other than that, I don't remember much in terms of tournament stuff. Is always a bummer. There was a little bit of a moment in time there too, because March Madness, you know, the concept of the NCAA tournament filled with upsets, it really reached a fever pitch in the early 1980s because that's when they doubled the size of the tournament they moved it from 32 to 64 teams they also though in the big sky started experimenting with the three-point line i think four years before college basketball actually added the three-point line that was part of the story of larry kostoviak's career because he was the best big in the league but then the big sky had the three-point line which then made upset so much more possible like i remember kostoviak he was either his junior or his senior year when they lost to montana state that montana state team was like a middle of the road team in the big sky conference but they hit a million threes in that tournament and the first brothers got him to the big dance for the first time ever kostoviak was sort of a victim of circumstance in that element yeah exactly it, it certainly didn't it didn't highlight his skill set because all of a sudden it's like oh the guard's gonna pop a three it's like no 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 feed me we've been doing that for four years and i'm gonna make 22 points it's like no but this looks open <laughs> so we're cranking it up i remember when that msu team went into the tournament i think they played syracuse with ronnie cycli in it yep. and crowl furch uh, went down and pounded one over him in the middle of it with a dunk and and we we're all like yeah and they kind of hung with them for, for a while sure. and they were just middle of the road in the big sky john velk velk law here on the big sky breakdown skyline sports mt.com christobiak is remembered 
for being one of the most dominant players in Big Sky history, but then he was also remembered for having probably the best NBA career of any Big Sky player up until Damian Lillard's been this first-team all-league type of guy. Michael Ray Richardson was the other one, but he was just so tainted with all of his extracurriculars off the court. Uh, but Kristoviak, I mean, he was a legitimate NBA player. He's not just riding the bench. I mean, he was like a, a starter for almost all his time in San Antonio and Utah and Chicago, uh, double-digit scorer. I mean, he was a very, very good NBA player. Yeah, no, he's very solid. And that's what I was saying earlier. I mean, when he grew physically like he did and really matured, he had a frame. He had an NBA frame by the time he was probably a, a sophomore or a junior here at, at the U. And we don't get a lot of that. You know, we don't get a lot of the big, big boys that are strong and athletic and have good footwork, at least not that early in their career. And, it, you know, he played a lot of years here before he was and, and uh, basically perfected his craft before he got to the NBA and, and his game traveled. It worked. His best professional season, he started 77 out of 80 games in 1989 for the Milwaukee Bucks. Averaged almost 13 points and 8 rebounds per game. Uh, but he was also a starter uh, for a, a couple stints uh, both in Utah, Orlando, and Chicago. And uh, then at the end it kind of unraveled on him uh, just because of injuries. But then he also has the unique distinction of becoming an NBA head coach for a moment in time. And I remember when he – and he also coached here uh, at the University of Montana at his alma mater. So, Kristoviak has continued to fortify his legend even after his college career was over, especially when he returned here as the head coach and, and led Montana to their most recent NCAA tournament victory. Yeah, no, it, when he came back here, he definitely returned to glory and, and the whole town rallied around him. Uh, he took over a team that hadn't performed very well and didn't make many changes in terms of personnel – and he, he changes them from a middle-of-the-pack club to a team that wins and goes to the NCAA tournament and then wins a game, which we don't do that very often, as we all know. <laughs> he told me a great story. He said after they won that game against Nevada, he got himself uh, some special bubble bath and took a bath afterwards and had some champagne or whatever. But he said he was so conflicted in his mind because he couldn't believe how cool it was that he himself, having never been to the NCAA tournament, finally had gone to the NCAA tournament and won a game, but he was conflicted because he was thinking in his mind, how do I ever do better than this? Like, I don't know if I can ever get better than this. So I don't know. This might be it for me at Montana. And then, sure enough, he went back to the NBA after that. So uh, interesting fold because, you know, like he had had the foresight to realize that that was going to be a hard moment to top. Yeah, no, it, and it was truly amazing. It was great. And, you know, and they turned the rain over to uh, Tinks. But at one time, we by far and away had the highest or the tallest sure. coaches coaches in Big Sky history, probably in all of Division One basketball. You don't get 6'11 and 6'9 very often as your head coach and assistant <laughs> coach. <laughs> for sure. And then Christophe uh, coached the NBA for a couple years with the Milwaukee Bucks and uh, then was an assistant for the New Jersey Nets before they moved to Brooklyn and then reemerged in the college ranks and uh, had 11 su- successful years at the University of Utah before a mutual parting of ways. And, and now we'll see. I don't know if it's all said and done for, for Larry Kay in, in the world of basketball or not. Yeah, you know, I haven't talked to him much. I haven't seen him in a while. I usually run into him a couple times a year. He goes out and golfs at the country club, and I, I didn't see him last year. So I'm kind of curious. I know he's just probably taking a little break and recharging, and he's doing fine financially, but I can't see him sitting on the sideline. It's not like he's an old man. He's going to 
He's going to do something. He's going to show up. Well, he got that uh, nice little $6.8 million buyout, so I think he's he's fine. I think he probably wanted to spend some time up at the lake and at the golf course. So uh, Larry K. definitely doing fine. Uh, anything that uh, stands out to you just in terms of your favorite memories of him from his playing days? Well, I just I just always remember those epic battles against not just MSU, but more so Weber yeah, back then. Totally. And he was just able to impose his will. And it's funny because, you know, he wasn't the tallest guy and he couldn't jump out of the gym a lot of time, but he just found a way. He was like Andrew Strait, only bigger and a little better footwork. And and so it's like we talked about Andrew Strait here a couple weeks ago about how great he was. And it's like Larry was better than that. And so he'd sit there and look at it and take the team on his shoulder and say, we're down by eight. There's a timeout. All of a sudden we're up by three because he's shooting 100 percent in the paint. John Vilkvilkla, presenting sponsor of our Grizz basketball coverage all season long. Give him the phone number. You've had it forever. If you have any problems with the insurance company, you've been in a car accident, give Velk and his firm a call. You don't want to do it on your own, I promise you. They can make your life way less stressful, and uh, they can also help you get the money and the care that you deserve. Give people the number. It's uh, 406-543-0909. And just remember, you can call, and I'll talk to you for free, and we'll figure out whether it's going to benefit you or not you don't have to call it's not a loaded gun to your head you're going to get a bill the next day so we can talk it through and see where you're at and see if i can help you you also visit velklaw.com this has been super fun if you want to recap or rehash or re-listen to any of the installments you can just check it out on the big sky breakdown podcast feed we went 12 through number one and as you're listening to this the grizzlies about to play in the big sky conference tournament big sky breakdown skylandsportsmt.com this was really fun man thanks for doing this with me it was awesome it was a great idea on your part go grizz Big Sky Breakdown, SkylightSportsMT.com. My brother and I have, Regime Seabrook and I have. The, the, one of the things that's like a fundamental difference is that the Ivy League champion looks like the Ivy League champion most years, even if it's Harvard or Princeton or Penn or Yale or whatever. And you can go down the line, especially with these smaller, low-major conferences. They have a sp- specific style. Part of that's because the big sky is so far flung regionally. So, I mean, you know, there's not a lot of places. Like, in the Northeastern conferences, you just have a bunch of Northeastern kids playing against a bunch of Northeastern kids. Similarity. The teams are essentially the same. It's just a matter of, oh, they have two better players than we do, but we're going to play the same style of basketball. Totally. And And they're from similar areas and whatever, and the big sky is just so far flung. So I think that's a part of it. and But the league just lacks an, an identity. There's like three different styles that are played in the league, and sometimes one outweighs the other one. The style that translates the best to the NCAA tournament is Eastern Washington style or, or Northern Colorado style where you're shooting a bunch of threes, playing skill-based. I think that the teams that play defensive styles like the Montana schools, it's way tougher because you won games this certain way, and you're not going to be able to go and do that to a Big 12 team. You aren't, or a Big 10 team like Michigan. Because right, exactly. what happened to Montana? Two of the best teams they ever had. For sure. Worst matchup possible. You're well, gonna- and, and like that first year against Michigan, though, the Grizz guarded their butts off. They gave up 61 points to a Big 10 team, and they still lost because you can't – you can't out-defense Michigan, you know no, what I mean? you're not going to. And yeah. I think that it's something when we get in the mode of week-to-week Big Sky Conference play, we enjoy the fact, or coaches love to remind us the fact of, well, 
the style of play so different from Thursday night right. to Saturday night. Okay, well, well, that is great in one breath to where every game and conference is going to be exciting, but it is an absolutely a detriment to the big picture of yeah. what we're talking about right now. What's it going to take? you got to have a team that can hit threes that's not going to get bullied in the post. That's right. And it's very rare to find a combination in yep. this conference to where it would be. Now, I don't want to ruffle any feathers whatsoever here because I think Montana State absolutely earned that right. How do you think an Eastern Washington would have done in the tournament with their makeup? Now, they beat Washington State. They competed with Oklahoma State. Yeah. How do you think that they would have matched up just with their personnel and the team that David Riley put together? It's so interesting because so much of it would have come down to the draw. Um, you know, like let's say they drew the exact same draw as, as, as Montana State. They drew Kansas State. I don't think the result would have been hardly any different. I think Kansas State would have beat them. I think they might even beat Eastern a little worse. Because of the post play, I think. Because of the post yes. play and because yep. Eastern plays this – unorthodox big lineup with Andrew Allegri at point, and he's like 6'6", he would have had an almost impossible time guarding Marquise Noel. Darius Brown can guard Marquise Noel a little bit more, but Marquise Noel still had 17 points and 14 assists. So, I mean, that's why he's a third-team All-American. Um, but I, I do think, though, in that hypothetical, if Eastern's going, it's because they won the tournament, which means they've won three games in a row, which means they're probably a 26-win team that had 19 Big Sky wins. I think that team might be in the in – the, uh, in the market for a 13 seed instead, and then you get a way better draw. That's the thing is the league has just – they just have not gotten good. If you get a 14 seed or lower, you're getting a power five team, and you're going to get beat. Like there's just, there's just no real way to beat a, a power five squad like that. That is a t- – if you're not – a 13 or better, you are facing a top 10 team in the country. Period. Right. End of That's story. Right. I mean, Kansas State was number six in the country two weeks ago. Playing in the best conference in the country, they beat Kansas. They beat the defending national champion. In from Lawrence. Last. Yes. I mean, you are just not going to be able to match up against someone like that. Yeah. Now, you compare it to the four seeds that are out there. Yes, Virginia is a very solid program, but at the same time, they were leaking oil towards the end of the year For to where sure. you get a better matchup. Huh? Furman gets them. Even Kent State, Indiana seemed like a better matchup sure. on paper the caliber of a two seed compared to a four seed drastically different until the big sky conference can get inside the top 13 be a 12 13 again i mean hey it's no secret when montana won they were a 12 they got a favorable matchup the 14 seeds i think weber state might be the last 14 seed from the big sky to get a win when they beat north carolina in the early 2000s but outside of that it, the gap just continues to grow further and further whether you're in the restaurant business or you just want to host any big event, JMV Restaurant Supply can make sure you have everything you need. JMV Restaurant Supply is your home for everything kitchen. Whether you're a bear or a bobcat, an eagle or a Scotty, JMV Restaurant has everything you might need. They have locations in Bozeman, Billings, and Great Falls. If you can't make it in, JMV also has a great website, jvrestaurant.com. Get everything you need for your next event at JMV, your restaurant specialist coming up a couple more things on college hoops you mentioned the transfer portal i wanted to talk this out with you because uh, uh, the the concept of the big sky conference is this massive feeder league has been a little bit overblown i do think guys have left for like slightly better you know when cam shelton left nau for loyal or marymount like that's slightly better but it's not tanner groves leaving eastern washington to go play in the big 12 the Tanner Groves big, you know, Eastern Washington to the Oklahoma, that's very, very Needle rare. Needle in a haystack. Right? Like, as we record this here on a Wednesday, Jalen Cohn from Northern Arizona just went in the transfer portal. He's been an ACC guy before. He played at Virginia Tech. 
but I don't think he's going to be a power five guy again. I mean, maybe he does, but I just can't imagine. Like, the, the transferring from the Big Sky to the Big 12 and starting, that's only going to happen every once in a blue moon. Well, I think you have to really break down what each individual wants, right? Because if you're going to yeah. go to a power five, you will have to accept a sixth man role. You are going yep. to be a piece. Now, could he go to a Mountain West school and be a stud, be a, be a top three player maybe on a – I'm just throwing darts here, but like a San Jose State or like a New Mexico, Nevada, could he be a top three player there? I don't know the answer to that. You you go back to someone like a Geno Crandall as well. North Dakota, he went to Gonzaga. Gonzaga, Sixth man. Okay. Got some playing time. Got a lot of playing time. And and even Cam Shelton, right? He leaves NAU, and and this this will be a great comparison because Jalen Cohn and Cam Shelton had very, very similar numbers in their time in Flagstaff. Cam Shelton, he had a great year this season, but his first year at Loyola Marymount, he was sixth, seventh man. Right. So it's all about what you want. And I know the, the, the glory of being in the Power Five, it comes with so many benefits. But, yes, is it really a step up? I, I don't know. I think it really comes down to each individual and the circumstance that, that they want. I think young people these days, too, so many different factors play. Like a lot of times you just would rather live in California. So you just go to LMU. You know what I mean? Like I really do think that plays a little bit, too. Uh, the, the part I wanted to hash out with you, though, is the way that – so the Big Sky is sort of transactional. It's not that often you're going Big Sky to the Big 12 or the Power 5. But uh, there is a lot of guys leaving when they do have good years. But there's also a lot of guys coming in. I think that there's been a lot of impact transfers in this league. I mean, you look at Montana State's Big Sky champions. I mean, Darius Brown, transfer. Raekwon Battle, transfer. Jabril Bella, once upon a time, even though he's a four-time All-League guy, he was a JC transfer. Um, you know, Caleb Fuller. Tra- I mean, that's four out of their five starters or transfers. And you probably don't get great Osobar unless you got Jabril Bell in the first place. So he's like a, a you know, a, a secondary uh, repercussion of the transfer. So you can't have great players. And we've seen other great players at other schools in the league as well. Um, but I think that the trend that you can identify now is that the schools that have relied heavily on transfers, when it goes well, it goes well. And when it goes bad, it goes all the way bad. We watched this with Weaver State a couple years ago. I mean, that team that had, like, Kobe, Kobe McEwen and Dante Bissett yeah. and all those guys, that team was rolling, and then they weren't rolling. They lost, like, seven in a row, and they stumbled down the stretch, and then they, they got together a little bit, took the Cats down the wire in the Big Sky Tournament. But, like, that's a ridiculously talented team, and they lost it, and they couldn't figure a way to get it back on track. Same thing with the Grizz. They've had uh, these last couple of years when stuff was going good with Michael Stedman, great. When it wasn't going good, bye-bye, and all of a sudden they're tanked too. So, you know, I don't even necessarily think it's just this one – quote-unquote like cancer it's more like because there's people don't know how to navigate the adversity together and so when it goes awry nobody knows where to turn you have to have buy-in from multiple guys on on what the focus is and what's the goal now there's goals of some programs and i'm not going to name programs in the big sky you can fill in the gaps here there's some programs that want to get the best talent and they're going to let each individual go out and try and do their thing. And if that yeah. results in wins, that's a bonus. Right. There's also some programs out there that want to get transfers that buy into their mentality. For sure. Even though you are at Power 5 school, you are coming here and you are trying to be a sum of all the parts. Right. Now, can you get buy-in there? I would say Eastern Washington did an incredible job this For year sure. of getting buy-in from guys that were at different places that maybe For took sure. a different role. How much of that, won. though, is they're getting guys from lower levels? I think that was huge, right? Cedric Coward's a D3 transfer. Blanking on the name, but last year their big guy, uh, Aklis, Link, uh, Lincoln, Lincoln Aklis, he was he's D2. a D2 transfer. Right. Yep. I think that's a huge part of it. Yep. And I think that that's the, the answer to the bigger question here. 
progression, natural right. progression. How's right. it supposed to work? You start in the big sky and you're good. Okay, try and move up to Mountain West Power 5 school. But if you're a D2, D3 standout, instead of going to be the eighth man on the bench at a different school, come be a standout in the big sky. Eastern Washington has found that mix. But it's a, And I think that's exactly where we're at, Coulter, where, where you have individuals that come in the portal and still want to do their thing and, and don't buy into the team concept. You've got guys that do, and, and that's why you're seeing uh, maybe where teams are finishing up in the standings. Coulter Nuwana, Skyline Sports, coming to you from the ESPN MT studio here uh, with folks from Blackfoot Communications, including Morgan, who's a marketing representative over there at Blackfoot. How are you doing, Morgan? Good. How are you? Very good. So you're from Great Falls, right? Grew up in Great Falls. So yes, how, I did. How long have you uh, lived in Missoula? Oh, gosh. Probably about 12 years now. Went to the University of Montana, graduated, um, worked, and found a job at Blackfoot, and I've stayed. So lucky to be here still. Well, very, yeah. very good. Uh, how long have you worked at Blackfoot? Just celebrated my sixth work anniversary there. When it comes to your role, just take people through it. Mean, what, what are your, yeah. your main duties there at Blackfoot in terms of spreading the image, spreading the brand? Yeah, I'll try not to get in the weeds too much and, <laughs> and, put, and put you all to sleep. But um, I'm in our, our marketing department. So essentially, I, I work on getting the right message in front of the right people at the right time. As cliche as that sounds, but um, just working um, to make sure that we communicate who we are and what we do and um, get that across to our different audiences. Blackfoot Communications continues to lift up our local entrepreneurs, delivering the resources needed to transform ideas into businesses. Our C2M beta program was founded with the mission to connect local entrepreneurs to more. With access to more professional expertise, more state-of-the-art technology, and more development resources, our 12-week program delivers the foundational and modern skills required to transform influential ideas into thriving businesses. Apply today at goblackfoot.com.